0: Welcome to Raceroo Radio. My name is Ryan Painter, and outside of my family, my two biggest passions are racing and fitness. In these episodes, i like to talk about fitness ideas, stories, and concepts that can hopefully reach out to people and give them some ideas on how they can start or continue their fitness journeys. I aim to get people more active, off of their phones, outside, and enjoying life instead of sitting inside on their couches watching TV leading unhealthy lifestyles. I will also sometimes talk about racing. Most of the time we're going to be talking about NASCAR because I love NASCAR and I've been in the industry since 2007. But sometimes we'll also talk about Formula One and maybe even some World of Outlaws or some other series. And heck, sometimes I might even throw in something that's off of those topics just because I feel like I want to talk about it. I can't wait to get into this episode so with that being said let's get started. Welcome back to Racer Roo Radio. I'm Ryan Painter and I got Jordan on the line with me. And we got a special announcement today. Uh, this episode is going to be brought to you by the Racer Roo April Fitness Plan. Uh, if you are interested in following a little fitness plan, don't know really what to do, uh, we're gonna start putting up cards for people. Uh, just generic things. It's nothing specific. Uh, it will have a theme for every month, um, but that is available, and if you're interested, contact us. We don't have pricing together just yet, and it's still um, being figured out, but it will be there, and you will have access to coaching by me, Um, and you will have the card accessible, so you can record it throughout the entire month and see how you progress. So... That's a surprise for Jordan. How do you think about that, Jordan?
1: Uh yeah, I completely uh was caught off guard with that, but that's pretty cool. I, I like it. Um I think it'll be uh, great for everyone. So they should definitely uh sign up and join.
0: Yep, this month is uh the focus is strength endurance, which sucks. <laughs> uh let me tell you. But let me tell you about how this works a little bit. So um we all agree that one of the most effective ways of losing weight is, uh, you know, putting on muscle. Um, so there's multiple ways to do that with progressive overloading and blah, 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 blah. Um, don't want to get too techy techy, but, um, the way strength endurance works is rather than trying to lift something really heavy, lift your max for one to a couple times, however many, um, you're doing, uh, longer sets, maybe 12 to 15, uh, at a very slow tempo, the four-two-two tempo we have talked about many times. And to give you context to how this works, um, today my workout was a superset of bench press and incline dumbbell press. And, uh, so usually my bench press, when I hit my max over the winter, which is my all-time max, I hit one rep of two ninety five. Today, I was doing uh twelve reps for the first half of my superset at ninety pounds and it I did three sets of this uh paired on with so I did the bench press and then immediately jumped over to the incline press with forty five pound dumbbells and uh let me tell you what it worked me very, very well. Um, so it's a different stimulus than just lifting super heavy, but, uh, it, it will test you, it will build that muscular endurance. Um, and it's just, it's just a different way to put on muscle. I think a lot of people need muscular endurance. It's not really sexy, uh, and it's not that fun to be honest with you, but it is pretty effective.
1: But this, this comes off of like when your muscles get tired, right? That's how you kind of build your muscle. Yeah. It, is that kind of what you're getting at so like when you feel like you can't lift anymore that's when you start building the endurance of your muscles
0: yeah so so with your job thinking about carrying all the towels that uh you carry into a hospital so rather than lifting you know 20 bundles of towels for like 2 seconds you're working on lifting you know four or five bundles but holding them all the way up to the top level, assuming you have to walk up the stairs, you know, it's, it's different stimulus, but it's, uh, you know, a lot of people don't work on that kind of tempo. And again, because it sucks, but that's why it's partially so effective. It can, it can do a lot of people really good. I mean, think about, and we're going to get into another part of this here in a bit, but think about, uh, as a parent, how long you hold your kid, you don't hold your kid for, you know, two seconds and then put him down. You're going to hold them for, you know, 10, 15, 20 minutes before you set them down. So that's the kind of things that we're working on is being able to sustain uh, having a, some kind of load placed on you for an extended period of time, not just a short time. And that's more realistic and more functional, really. It's not considered functional fitness, but it's more functional than uh, than some of the super heavy max reps that a lot of people like to chase.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's, honestly, the muscle endurance, I feel like, to me, is just one of the better workouts that I would do, um, just because I feel, like you said, like you get more of a workout um, that it did for you, that's just how I feel, and, like, your arms, you know, if you're doing your arms, they feel huge for, like, the next three days, for no reason.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and think about it like this, if you are somebody who chases, you know, heavy, uh, low reps... Well, change your training up a little bit. Um, Not only is it going to do you some good to to change your training up, to get away from what you're used to doing, um, but think about getting better at the strength endurance. So instead of, like, today I lifted 90 pounds on the bench press. Well, what if I could do 135 pounds on that same workout? Um, how, How much of a baseline do you think that that gives me to increase my maximum strength on when I do drop down to lower reps and faster uh, repetitions, so um, it all works together. This is why you got to change up your programming pretty regularly. Your body's going to adapt pretty quickly to the things you're trying to do, and uh, you know it. You don't have if you're if you like to do one thing, you don't want to just stay in it. You want to do the ugly things that are going to make you better at the thing that you want to do.
1: Yeah, so I, I agree with
0: that. And for the record, um, I know a lot of people, uh, especially my combat group, um, I've heard them say, oh, I can never do what you do, I can never do what you do or how you train. Uh, just putting this out there because it's become an issue lately, um, I don't train people the way I train. <laughs> Absolutely not. Don't do it. Um, you know, it's – I'm not – if if – you're somebody who's working with me. I'm not going to make you do muscle-ups. I'm not going to make you do, you know, a thousand push-ups at one time or, or run three miles just out of nowhere. That's not what I'm going to have you doing. Um, and honestly, the people who've stuck it out with me, who who have actually trained with me, um, in, in some of my boot camps, they started asking me about personal training because uh, that they want to work with me so much. So... You know, give me a chance, people. <laughs>
1: yeah, definitely give him a chance. He knows what he's doing.
0: Okay, so uh, yeah, that's, yeah. Uh, it's you know, I'm I'm yeah. I'm telling you that uh, I'm bringing you, or this episode is brought to you by myself. That's really what it is. But you know, it's it's fun to say it's we have a a little bit of a sponsor, even though it's myself. So. But moving into that there, there was a lot of subjects that I had thought about hitting on with this um around you know around the Easter time and everything and we don't really talk about nutrition and there's a a really good reason why and we'll get to that eventually. Um I keep pushing that back because that's how much I like to talk about nutrition. But um so I I heard something and I wanted to bring this up. So one of the latest studies that has tracked Obesity Rates in America shows that the the latest poll is somewhere around uh, 45% of Americans are considered obese. And uh, about 75% are considered overweight. And that's pretty astronomical when you can look at the world as a whole. Uh, to, to give you context of how unhealthy we are, there has been reports of places like uh, France. In France, it's a cultural thing to smoke pretty regularly. It's a lot more popular than here. However, they're finding that the people in France are healthier than us, even with the fact that we smoke less than them. And this is because our diets are so bad, we're so sedentary, we are so overweight and obese, and it's a huge problem. Now, you know, there's people that will make the argument, well, you know, I hate to work out and blah, blah, blah. What good is it going to do with me? I'd rather die young. Well, it, let, let's look at it. You have to look at it from a different perspective. You can't look at the the obesity thing as, you know, living long, living short, because you never know. You could go out the door tomorrow and a f- car could fly through you. The front of your house, and you can get hit by that. You could get sick by some weird thing, Um,
1: or a plane could fall out of the sky, like plane pieces.
0: Right, like there's there's all kinds of things that could happen. And I I've heard that what they have found is on average people who work out more and are more just generally more healthy in their lifestyle um, may live up to about. 45 days I think it was don't quote me on this one but it wasn't much it was it was like if I remember correctly it was like a month that people live more than people who are not as healthy on average and so you can't look at it from that perspective so you might be saying well well what's the benefit of me going and working out especially if I'm not a big fan of it well here's the th- here's the thing and it's not just the workout; it's just living a healthier life in general and especially when you're young you probably don't think about this quite as much um and I still consider myself young so you know I'm not, I'm not at this the level that I think people start having this realization but you st- see people get up into you know the later 40s and the 50s and 60s and if they haven't taken care of themselves they start looking back at the things that they could have done if they were healthier um they start looking at the things that they would like to do now at those ages but they can't do them because they didn't take care of themselves and they have bad knees um i'll give you a an example and this is not really diet or um you know workout related but my grandfather um when he goes hunting he can't even go out in the woods anymore he has to hunt off the deck of the uh the cabin that they go to Now sometimes he'll he'll drive his car out and he, he might go to this one spot that's like right off the road but he can't go deep in the woods and go hiking and things like that that he enjoys and so these are the things you want to kind of set yourself up for when you get you know a little bit farther in your age and be you know thinking about things that you would have liked to do but you can't do because you're not quite as healthy or things you could have done better think about when if you don't have kids now when you start having kids You know, you take them out somewhere, and maybe you want to keep up with them, or maybe you want to play with them, or or whatever. But you just can't keep up because you're just not quite as, you know, you don't have the lung capacity to keep up with them. You're overweight, and you just can't literally can't keep up with them. They just move too fast. Um, Maybe you can't even pick up your child and put them overhead, Uh, and beyond that like in your day-to-day work whatever you're doing you don't want your health to limit what you're doing you know you don't want to not be able to per- perform your job or just perform simple tasks such as even just going up the stairs in your own house these are things that you need to consider before you just brush off uh the just totally disregarding your health so it's not the longevity that you should be worried about is quality of life. You know, mm-hmm. what can I do to take care of myself today to be better tomorrow, to be better for myself, to be better for <laughs> Um, So, uh, Jordan, what what is your take on that? What do you think about that?
1: Well, I mean, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, especially because when you talk about Pap, um, I hunt with him. Um, and
0: it, it's one of those things that we never really got to go into the woods with him. I
1: mean, I did a couple times, you got to, I think a couple times or once or so, but uh, after that, it kinda, it kinda fell off. And um, this year I was able to take him out in the woods and, you know, he got to sit out there and it made me happy to my heart. But, you know, at the same time, I've heard him say, you know, if I did this different or I did that different, you know, maybe things would be different for him. Now, when it comes down to it, he worked till he was pretty much, I think till he was 70 or so. And after he stopped working, you know, he stopped doing all the things he was doing and he started, you know, slowing down very, very quickly. So, uh, I mean, I, I think like you say right now, you need to start working for the future now because even though, the average lifespan might only be, you know, a month longer or a little, little bit longer than that, um, between physically fit people or not. Um, the fact of the matter is, if you're out of shape, you know, obese, whatever, now, the older you get, the harder it's going to get for you. Whereas if you're staying in shape, you're constantly keeping your activity going, and just even going out for a walk and make.
0: No, I think we lost Jordan for a minute. Hold on a second. Well, we lost Jordan there for just just a minute, but um just to kind of continue on, it's uh to give you a little bit more of uh context on this. Uh if you go to some European nations or just any other nation overseas, it's not uncommon that A large shirt here will be an extra large there like that they're just like their shirt sizes do not match ours because in general they don't have as many people that are obese so we've kind of slid the scale here just because of that now some of that is because of (laughs) we have some really really nice things here you know it's we don't get to this point by being you know, kind of a crappy nation. Let's we'll put it that way. We got here because we got so good that we kind of started cutting corners, and now you know we're just we call it consider ourselves the kings and the fat kings because we've indulged so much. So, um, I'm, no, I'm not saying by any means that um, we're ahead of other countries. This is definitely one thing we're way behind on is health, and health and health care. And we can get into that a whole nother time talking about that, but what it just it starts with it starts with making sure you have a good diet and that you're active and I'm going to say this very carefully it's the if you get yourself a Fitbit or a Garmin or something and you're counting your steps you need to take small wins and understand where you were and improve off of that um you know if you're averaging 2,000 steps a day you know, three thousand is going to be great, but we need to be real and understanding and, and say that three thousand isn't a lot of steps in a day. So, um, if that's where you're at, that's fine. Uh, I would just advise you to try to start making it more and more, little by little, to get yourself more and more active without overloading it. Don't say I'm. Don't think I'm saying that three thousand is not enough. Um, just because that's where you're at and that you should increase it to 13 or 20,000 steps. You know, you got to increase that slowly and over time. But we got to be honest with ourselves and accept the fact that w- we could do better. Um, I know that the numbers might be skewed a little bit because you know, that depending on what you're counting, you can take really, really fit bodybuilders and they're going to be considered overweight or obese because um, like bmI is not a good measurement for somebody who's super muscular that that can throw them in the overweight or obese category, but those numbers aren't skewed that much it's still something we need to address and uh, addressing that <laughs> it could be as simple as that could be something that could lower health costs because we're having less people have complications because of their obesity and by the way um. A lot of the people hospitalized—not all of them, but the majority of people hospitalized for COVID have shown to be people who are overweight and obese. So it's—it's it's not a hard concept to understand, um, and it's totally fixable.
1: I—I think—I uh, think a lot of lot that goes into it is diet too. I mean, I know you were saying diet, but I mean, look at all the fast food restaurants we have here that the line is astronomically long. And then like you go to the grocery store and you see people trying to buy a salad and a salad's like 19 bucks, but you can go to McDonald's and get a cheeseburger for a dollar. So I think a lot of it has to do with, you know, income too. So it's hard to stay on the straight path with diets, but you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of like one of the main things I think, minus the exercise you know, I think it's it's the, the healthy food is so much more expensive, and people just sometimes can't afford to eat healthy all the time.
0: Yeah, and I would agree. Um, the thing that I would uh, kind of pull back on, though, is – and, and I, I'm going to agree with you. Um, uh, I can tell you that every time I go through town, Bojangles is packed, and Subway, which is a better choice – I'm not saying it's the best choice, but it's a better choice – and there's hardly anybody ever there. You know, and it, that just kind of goes to show, if you're going to spend your money, we're spending it at the wrong place. Right. You know, we, we'd rather have food than, than get the healthier option. But it's all about making better choices, and, and you're absolutely right. It is hell. It is way more expensive to eat healthier here in America than it is to eat unhealthy. Way, way more expensive. But if you're going to go to McDonald's regularly and drop seven dollars on a meal, well, you're probably going to save yourself money if you just go and buy the, you know, not organic, but the whole, the regular whole food option at your local grocery store, Um, trying to avoid processed foods. And, you know, it's, it is going to be more expensive than if you didn't go, or or if you bought the processed foods at the grocery store, but you're still going to save yourself money if you're eating out less and I I don't think that's arguable I think uh, what it comes down to is just people like the convenience I don't want to drop down and say it's lazy but it's people like the convenience of being able to just grab the burger really quick so um, it's it all still comes back to us we can make better choices we can eat a little bit less we can substitute the Oreos for some carrots Uh, it's just making better choices
1: yeah. And eating those foods, uh, I got to tell you when you eat healthy or healthier, you can feel it. Cause you get to the point where you're not like overstuffed where you're like, Oh man, I ate so much. You get to the point where you're full enough that you're good to keep going without eating, but you're not sitting there like, Oh, I got to take a nap now. Cause I can't move. So just, I I agree with you on hundred percent of this. I mean, it's, it's crazy how far behind us as a, as a country are, are behind other nations. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. We have access to so many different food avenues, but we just use it in the wrong manner.
0: Yeah, and and uh, along with what he's saying, what what he's saying is absolutely true. Um, if you eat largely whole foods, don't take this as a message that I'm trying to say you, you should stop eating all junk food, and you should never go out to eat. You you absolutely can. It's all about making a majority of better choices and eating uh, whole foods the majority of times. And in, if you're doing that, you're going to have a lot harder time getting full. If you're eating out all the time with these nasty processed foods that don't digest well, yeah, you're going to feel like that. You're going to feel overfull. I've been there. Um Now, for me, a strategy was intermittent fasting, and i don 't do that because of the spiritual thing or the the cleansing benefits or whatever, but I did reduce my calorie intake uh on a weekly scale just by doing that, and that helped me be less full all the time um and i with that you know i 've cut out sodas for a long time, started cutting out energy drinks, so it 's all about trying to make better choices more regularly.
1: Definitely, definitely.
0: So, well, that's my rant on that. Um, I, I, if you don't hear that our numbers for obesity and uh overweight populations are that high, if that doesn't kind of bother you, um, when you compare it to other nations, I mean, uh, I, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. It's just, it's kind of embarrassing to me. It's, it's a little ridiculous.
1: 75 percent. Are overweight seventy five percent, and don't get me wrong. I know I'm in that seventy five percent. Matter of fact, I'm in the forty nine percent. I know, but seventy five percent are considered overweight. That's, That's well,
0: the average family. I I I wish I'd looked this number up. I'd say the average family is probably about four to five. So that that uh, means yeah. in in any regular family, you're looking at about one you know maybe two depending on the family size and how that how it averages out but basically one person in the family on average is healthy and not overweight and not obese that's kind of a big deal
1: i mean 75 percent of what is it like 330 is a million america oh, i have no idea <laughs> With something like that i mean that's that's outrageous. Yeah.
0: And just a thing if we if we flip those numbers, how much uh health insurance rates would go down? We could keep people out of the hospital for you know heart complications and diabetes complications. Like th- these are all things that are tied into that. Less people could have went in possibly for the coronavirus and ha- having uh, much severe reactions to it. So you know that I I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here, but it it just goes to show it's you know improve your quality of life and give yourself a better opportunity to do the things that you want to accomplish, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you I'm gonna end it with this. Um, now I stole I stole this from another podcast uh, that they say it all the time, and I think the guy who actually said it his name is James Fitzgerald, I believe I believe, but. His saying is, you know, what do you want to be when you're 80? What do you want to do? Do you still want to do the things you're doing today? Do you still want to climb mountains? Do you still want to ride motorcycles, go fishing and do all those things? And if your answer is yes, then think about what the things you need to do to reverse engineer that and to be able to get there um, the most efficient way possible. You know, you're always going to have things along the way that are going to turn up, but what can you do today to get to be what you want at 80 years old?
1: 100% agree. Start now.
0: So with that, uh, we're going to jump on to uh, the dirt news, and not the NASCAR dirt news. Jordan, what you got for us?
1: All right, guys. So uh, we uh, since we missed last week, I'm going to fill you in on stuff that happened. So... Um, Freddie Raymer won at the Grove the last time we were doing the podcast when, uh, the late model flipped out over the wall, um, and made me react crazy. Um, that guy, by the way, he was hospitalized. He, uh, had some injuries, but he was since released. Um, he's doing okay. He's going to have a long road to recovery, but he is doing okay. Um, and then that weekend at Lincoln, um, Jim Siegel got his, for, uh, his first win of the season, it was his first win, I think, since maybe 2012. His 15th win at uh, the Fabulous Lincoln Speedway. So that was really cool. I was pulling for him. Um, and then that Saturday, Dylan Sisney got the win at Port Royal. He started on the front row, so I was two for two with that. Um, and then uh, this past week, we had uh, Billy Dietrich get the win at the Fabulous Lincoln Speedway. He beat his brother, Danny Dietrich. So it was a brother's affair right before Easter. So he had a good little bit of bragging rights there. He got his third uh, career win there. And uh, Lance DeWeese won at Port Royal. Um, If anybody knows anything about dirt racing, they know Lance DeWeese and Port Royal. Um, That's all you need to say. 100th and 17th win at the track. Um, So needless to say... You get Lance on dirt at Port Royal, and chances are he's going to come out with a victory. He started fourth, so my front row theory for every week in a row broke there, but Lance Deweese pulled it off from fourth. So, um, to the outlaw side of it, um, really all you need to know is Brad Sweet, Brad Sweet, and Brad Sweet. Um, he has uh, four wins in a row now. Uh, they had seven weeks of different winners, and then Brad Sweet just said, Hey, guys, I'm going to take it from here, and he's won four straight, um, swept I-55 weekend. Um, Sheldon Hottenshield finished second in both races, so he's right on Brad Sweet's heels, Um, but not in the points. He's third in points. Uh, Logan Schuhart's 45 back in second. Um, And then the All-Stars started, your boss's uh, All-Stars, they started this past weekend, and who would have who guessed it? Uh, Justin Peck, who came to invade PA for a couple of weeks, got two wins while he was here, goes to the All-Star Trail, gets his first win of the season with the All-Star. So that was pretty cool for him. Um, other than that, that's pretty much what's been going on in the dirt world. Um, we got Williams Grove tomorrow if they run, you know, rains back in the area again. Um And Saturday, we got Port and Lincoln again. And then Sunday, we have BAPS. So BAPS, well, it used to be called Susquehanna Speedway. Now it's called BAPS um, by their sponsor. But that'll be pretty interesting on Sunday. The World of Outlaws are at Kokomo tomorrow, which is in, I believe, Indiana. Um, Brian Clausen, everybody should know that name. Um, He was really heavy at Kokomo. Um, and then the all-stars, I believe are somewhere down in Virginia. Um, so it'll be uh pretty interesting to watch that. I did forget, um, the posse invaded New Jersey this past Tuesday. Um, and let me think real quick. It was, uh, the madman, Kerry Madsen, um, from Australia. He pulled out the win. He's driving the, uh, 24 for, uh, Barshinger, uh, Motorsports. He got the win at, uh. They reconfigured Bridgeport. It used to be a five-eighths mile. Now it's a four-tenth of a mile. Um, And let me just tell you how fast these cars go around there. So Lincoln, it's a three-eighths of a mile. They run, you know, they can hit high 12 seconds, low 13s. This is a four-tenth of a mile. They were running very low 13s. So just to tell you, they were boogieing around that track. Uh, The Modifieds were there too, but they made it high banked and, so, officially, Carrie Madsen is the only winner of a 410 driver at Bridgeport. Um, I don't know how much you know about uh, Bridgeport, but um, you'll know this name. I don't know if you remember Jason Leffler? Yep. Jason Leffler, uh, that's the track he actually lost his life His is Bridgeport in New Jersey. So, it's uh, great to see 410s back there, and uh, it would have kind of been sweet to see Justin Peck win because he's in that car that Leffler was in when he died Um, but unfortunately he got the 5th and then spun out but it was cool to see Kerry Madsen get a win Uh, I feel like he was due so that's uh, pretty much it for the dirt world right now so
0: cool deal a lot of action well we're not all done with the dirt world because we had the first dirt race in the NASCAR Cup Series in fifty years and that was so Stenhouse <laughs> Well hey look here. So did you did you pick Stenhouse on the show last you picked somebody else didn't you? You I ended did. up you picked I, large... I went
1: with Chase Briscoe.
0: Well, Briscoe that's right, 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 right. And and so I I picked Denny Hamlin but but when I first talked to Jordan he did say Stenhouse.
1: Stenhouse was my sleeper. Him, <laughs> him and Newman were my sleeper, and they were both in the top five.
0: And I, I mean, yeah.
1: I, I questioned Stenhouse after practice, but I, I really shouldn't have. He was consistent all racing. To be honest with you, I think what really did it for me was so I was going based off of the heat rate pit heat race picks and how the the points would work out. So I figured Chase Briscoe would have a better starting spot. But when the heat races got rained out. And I got to see the starting order. I was like, man, you gotta pick Stenhouse. He's starting thirteenth. He's gonna run that bottom and he's gonna stay consistent. As long as he doesn't get spun out, he'll be there at the end. And that's who me and Davy made in the pick. And everybody else picked Kyle Larson or Christopher Bell, so we jumped pretty far up in that one.
0: Yeah, and I picked Danny just because I know Denny's a wheel man and he he just doesn't matter where they seem to go. He just seems to figure it out. And I almost had that one too. And he just got a... He pulled a Kyle Larson. Got a little too aggressive. Didn't quite get to Joey. I don't know why he didn't try to dump him. They don't have the best on-track repertoire with each other. I really thought we were going to have a Dale Earnhardt, Terry Labonte kind of moment there. Just just trying to I, rattle his cage. And I don't know what Denny was worried about. Because anybody who wrecks Joey Logano is... Uh, you know, becomes an instant fan favorite. So I'm not really I gotta, sure. I
1: was shocked. I was shocked he didn't dump him. Yeah, uh, I, I,
0: was, I was, was too. But uh you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna still take I picked Denny to win, but I'm still gonna take the fact that I called him to win. He finished third, was right there at the end. I said I wanted to pick Truex, but I don't quite know. So he was kind of my backup. And he ended up winning the truck race and ran pretty well in the in the cup race for most of the day. Um, and I said that the big name guys, who we all thought were going to do good because they had dirt experience, were going to struggle because it's a much different car. It's a different kind of racetrack. And they were going to get caught up in wrecks. Was I not right?
1: Well, I'll, I'll put it this way to you. The caught up in wrecks part, you were definitely right about. But when it comes down to it, So Kyle Larson started at the tail end of the field. And in the first 50 lap segment, he was up to sixth. So let's not, let's not say Kyle Larson was struggling. He put his faith in Christopher Bell, that Christopher Bell would know how to get around this track. And apparently Christopher Bell stepped on a little thing we, you know, talk about in dirt racing and uh, spun himself out and Larson had nowhere to go. So, yeah. You know, I would have loved to seen what would have happened because honestly, let's be real. If Larson had a clean nose the whole race, I really don't think anybody had anything to touch him.
0: And you know what? I, I'm gonna I'm inclined to agree with you, but I don't know, necessarily know that that's because of his dirt experience. I just think Kyle Larson is the class of the field this year. Yeah, flat out, yeah. like he's just the guy. And yeah. so,
1: listen, his setback last year. It it really did him in when the setback happened, but let me let me just point this out. When he went to run his sprint car last year, after everything with him getting suspended from NASCAR, running his sprint car, that it is it has been proven, and this is with Kyle Larson 100%. When he runs his sprint car and he's having fun, he runs better. The same thing happened at Canyons, and last year he got to showcase his talents in a 410 sprint car with the World of Outlaws, with the All-Stars, with the PA Posse, with everyone. He got to go everywhere. And he won 44 races in a sprint car. And I think, actually, two of them might have been in the late model. But even still, he ran all those races and won that many times in a season. To say that he doesn't have confidence coming back and then to go to Hendrick Motorsports, I, I think you're right. He's nothing but the class of the field this year. And to me, it's going to be hard to say he's not the favorite for the title.
0: I'd say I would agree with you right now. The only problem I have with that for him is that, uh, right. Not quite at this time last year, because we were still in the coronavirus deal, but midway through last year, it looked a lot like Denny Hamlin and Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin just kind of backpedaled his way into the championship round. And, uh, and obviously Kevin didn't make it. Um, then, uh yeah. So we're we're not gonna come back to that one. That's a sensitive and, and issue. And those
1: struggles but... continue.
0: <laughs> you know what, hey, we're we're at a lot of racetracks that we haven't been that great at lately. Um we've had some things, NASCAR's made some rule changes and we're trying to figure that out, so uh it's you know, things ebb and flow. It's it's what it is. We'll figure it out. But I think
1: they'll start off slow, but I think by Mid-to-end season, I think Stuart Haas will definitely be shining.
0: If you look at 2014 when he won the championship, he came out swinging, won the second race of the year. Um, We picked up another one at Darlington early in the year. And then we didn't do that again until, you know, Kurt won. But uh, we didn't pick up another win with Kevin until, I think, like Charlotte in the fall. And then that's when he finally went on the tear and, and – swung and hit hit the home run to you know walk off on the ninth to win at phoenix make it to the championship round and then won there obviously so you know it's it's it goes to show i mean it's best to be at your best near the end of the year that's exactly what chase elliott did last year so there's right, nothing wrong right. with starting slow just need to get yourself into the championship and, and kevin's gonna do that he's he's still up there you know he's been one of the most actually most consistent people that has not yet won a race so Demi Hamlin's yeah. been obviously the best, but Kevin's been up there. It's you know, it's our other guys. Cole is has had some bad luck. Chase is still figuring out the cup car. And Eric, I, I just I, if he could get away from Anthony uh Anthony Alfredo, good lord. That I don't understand I mean, that, was, that was a hard lick, by the way. My goodness. It was like I I don't mean to talk bad about the guy. But it was like, he saw the spin and gunned it to try to go around. And you don't need to do that with the yellow flags the way they do them right now. Just stop where you're at. Totally avoid the wreck. But it, he was like, he just said, wait for me, and just ran all over. And I, I couldn't take pictures, but I went over there and saw the nose of that car. It was kilt. It was destroyed. I mean, well, I, I cannot believe that we tore something up so bad at a track that slow.
1: And, and you know, listen, with that with that being said about how, you know, you were saying it was kind of like, I mean, he had a, a little bit less time to re- react to this, but what do you think of Derek Krauss in the trucks being half a lap behind Nemechek, who has spun and goes barreling into the corner and drills him?
0: I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, I've, done races for Bill McNally, uh, when Cole was driving for him, his truck a couple times. Um, so I don't mean to talk bad about them either, but I saw some of the stuff Derek was doing last year and Derek's still figuring out the trucks, So I don't want to be too hard on him, but we got to give him a break. He, I don't know that he's ever done any dirt racing and I don't, I definitely don't think he's done anything in a truck on dirt. So, you know, we give him some leeway here it was hard to see it was a completely new element but it just <laughs> to to be fair it just didn't seem like he, he was his spotter communicated with him or he didn't hear his spotter that something was going on and just by the time he realized it it was a little too late and
1: i i think what plays into that is so obviously his spotter is freddie craft um from door bumper clear and uh so he talked about it, and he did communicate to him that, you know, there was a spin the truck was at the top. But at the same time, this is what we need to point out. And I'm glad Freddie Kraft pointed it out. On You know, when Bristol is pavement, it, it's so much faster. So, like, things happen in the blink of an eye. When it's dirt and someone spins, I mean, it's slow, but it happened to Kyle Larson in the trucks. So you seen that guy was slow, and Kyle Larson just tanked the rear end. You got to throw the caution, and at the time that Kraus went into the corner, the caution wasn't thrown yet. So I don't blame him for going into the corner like that, you know, and then realizing last second, like, oh crap, there's a truck in front of me. Yeah. I got to try and maneuver, but and on dirt, you can't just you can't just turn down and get out of the way. So, you know, I think when it's a dirt race like that, and NASCAR is learning, you know, it's baby steps, but when when there's a spin like that, you got to throw the caution. There's not enough room to get around, and not a not enough reaction time. I mean, you can yeah. react, but your your truck won't move.
0: With as dusty as the track was, um, any time that they could throw that caution and try to treat the track a little bit, I think they should have done it. Any excuse. Uh, I didn't feel like the truck race was super long. I thought it was a good distance, and yeah. at least early when when the track was at its peak, uh, I thought it was really done really well. Um, Unfortunately, we had to run a cup schedule or cup race right behind it. So, you know, you, you kind of knew what you were getting into there. And to, to give NASCAR a break, everyone that was jumping on them and, you know, getting on their case for immediately calling those races. Uh, if you've never been to Bristol, um, it is a mountain town. And uh, when you're up top in the mountains, you shouldn't have flooding like that. the river that 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 jamie little uh was out recording and showing everybody how flooded the parking lots were that that river is about you know 10 15 20 feet wide at the most and it had the whole parking lot and had rvs and everything underwater like it was no chance we would never be able to get people in there and out of there safely forget the dirt and forget the racetrack it just wasn't going to be safe For anyone involved, the guys working or the the people in the stands. So, but it did make for a funny Saturday uh, when they went out there, and I was like, "Oh, they're racing!" And they made half a lap. It's like, "Oh, they're not racing." So that picture you sent me was priceless. That was hilarious. It was the picture of uh, I think it was Timothy Peters, uh, totally caked in dirt. So um, I know people were saying like, "Oh, we should just." Not run windshields, uh, yeah. Then the drivers would just been soaked in dirt. Um, that that would have been you know really effective. I mean, the the track was not even close to ready. I, I give him props for at least trying, and then immediately saying, ah, no, this ain't gonna happen. So oh, did you
1: see uh William Byron's face though after the Cup race? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, he looked like an old school Kaylee Harborough. Yeah, so.
1: So, I mean, they were getting hit by it, but, um, well, you know, talking about the whole windshield controversy, this brings up a whole, whole thing. Cause I know you said something about it on Facebook and you, you kind of wanted me to chime in. Um, I, I honestly have to think they have to turn this dirt race into a night race. Um, or, you know, you, you got to do something different because the moisture in the track didn't hold up, which again, to have moisture in the track with windshields is going to be hard because you're going to have the issue where you can't use a tear off. Um, but if you run it at night, the track holds a little more moisture and Denny Hamlin possibly could have made that second line work. You know, there probably would have been more of a cushion. He probably would have got a better run. I think, um, you would have had an outside inside line. Um, so I, I, I like what you said. I a hundred percent think that they need to make it a night race or. And this is or, I don't know if you heard the podcast with the Dale Jr. download with, uh, I think his name is Marcus Smith, um, who owns that. Yeah. Um, so apparently, Bristol might be in the making for a roof? Question mark, question mark, question mark?
0: Yeah, they, they were talking about that. I, I don't know how effective, because the biggest issue you're going to have with that is ventilation. I mean, you, you could slap a roof on it now, what? but... Well, they he need to
1: said to Junior that they have ventilation. They already had the ventilation and everything worked out to get the fumes and everything out. So,
0: so that, and that's fine. But if they have that ventilation in place, why hasn't, uh, why haven't they done anything at the Chili Bowl? And I know that that you know, they don't own right. the the Chili Bowl, but, right. um, you know, everyone goes to the Chili Bowl every year, and literally it's it's a thing to come back with the flu because everyone inhales so much freaking exhaust fumes so <laughs> I'm just it would not it would not be a great thing like here's my thing with Bristol we keep trying to screw it up <laughs> it was watch some of the races before they repaved the thing it was phenomenal it was a phenomenal it was the best racetrack we had and then like hey let's put progressive banking on the best track we have and now it's horrible it's horrendous So, you know, maybe having the dirt race on it was a good thing, especially in the spring. But then we throw dirt on it and it's like, okay, this is kind of cool. But we also did get rid of the spring race that was one of our best races of the year. So it would not be a good thing to throw a roof over top of Bristol and then send everybody home with, you know, getting sick from exhaust fumes. That would just not be a great thing. And you know, to be fair, it does rain in Bristol an awful lot. I I can't tell you how many times I've been up there in the spring and we're running at night, and in the fall we're running during the day. It just seems to happen all the daggone time. And even when we don't get rained out, it seems like we get rained on going up to Bristol or while we're there. It's like a freaking rainforest there. I don't know why. So a roof might be great, but, I mean, it has to be. We have to know exactly the, how it's going to turn out before we do it, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, well, Junior might get his wish one way or another. Bristol might uh get the concrete tore up, but maybe not the asphalt put down because there, there was hints at maybe making Bristol an all-dirt track. I don't see that happening. I just I can't fathom that. Um, but, I mean, hey, if it happens, I guess it would happen because well, they have so many series running on it right now.
0: I, I heard somebody suggest... uh tearing up the uh the asphalt at North Wilkesboro and laying dirt there. And you know, yeah. I'm good with I'm good with doing like maybe one other dirt race and I'd be okay with doing it at a small venue um not you know, maybe throw a race in the middle of the week like we did before. No, it's not going to get the same TV ratings, knowing we probably won't get the same attendance, but maybe that's that'll be by design. It'll be a fun thing you know, one of the best truck races of the year is the Eldora was the Eldora race and it was on a Wednesday. So, you know, I think it would be fine. Maybe run it on a Friday night, run it, definitely run it on Saturday night. You know, it's, there's options there. I feel like,
1: yeah, I think you got to run it at night. So 100%, whatever. I, you do. I
0: agree. Uh, what did you think of the race in general? Did I you, mean,
1: I, it was definitely interesting. Um, the part that, uh, I talked to you about in the podcast, though, that made me nervous was the, uh, the tire wear and the amount of laps that they were going to run. So I do agree with NASCAR and how they made it 50 laps and they would throw the caution. Um, and the only thing that I hated is that, you know, you had the announcers all race talking about, you got to save your tires, got to save your tires, got to save your tires, but never once did we see a blowout. Um, unless you know somebody spun or something like that but we didn't yeah. see a blowout and tire fall off was there but like really i think they needed to make it more than 50 laps um I, I, like it all plays in how the track is but Goodyear brought a uh, good tire for once to dirt and uh i, I just think that everybody was so worried about tires falling off and if they were going to blow or anything, we, we never seen anybody really struggle with tires. I mean, the, I heard they say, uh, Suarez was half throttle, you know, which was pretty outstanding, but that's how we got his traction, you know? Um, but I I think if we're going to do this, you know, well, we are going to do it again. Um, I think they need to lengthen the segments or, you know, do something else because, I feel like it just, I don't know, may, maybe you kind of figure out what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But I just think it wasn't long enough segments because my main thing was when you go to a Saturday night dirt show, the the interesting part is when the leader catches lap traffic. And in this whole race, they call lap traffic twice. And the last, the second time they did was in the last segment and you saw how interesting it got. Hamlin was right there running the outside and Logano was trying to stay patient on the bottom. But let me tell you, if they keep doing that in lap traffic, Hamlin gets him, no, no questions asked because no one's running the top. And Hamlin had a rhythm going. Um, so uh, that's, that's kind of, I think, the main reason why I think we need longer segments. Um, but Goodyear brought a hell of a tire um, for this race. I mean, I know what they had on sprint cars and they used to blow out all the time. So they had a really good tire and either that or the cup guys are just good at managing their tires. Yeah. Um, you know, but I I think either more laps or something because you got you got to catch lap traffic because that would have made the race a little bit more interesting, but all in all, I think it was a good race overall.
0: Yeah. I think it was a good race to watch. Um, I, I know I talked to a lot of our guys that went up there and they're not fans, but if you saw some of the pictures, especially from the days it rained, they were in a freaking mud run. It was just <laughs> nasty and dirty, and that's not what our guys do. And so I feel for them, but, you know, hey, it's it, we're going for an entertainment value for the fans, and the fans seem favorable for it. So I, I'm excited that we're going to do it again. I still hate the fact that we're losing the Spring Bristol race. If we're going to do it, hey, man, maybe send us to Bristol three times. You know, it's it's still it, the dirt race for all the problems we had with all the dust and everything, which we're going to fix next time. We're going to make it better. It's still a way better race than a lot of the racetracks we go to.
1: Yeah, and I mean, if, if, if everybody still wants both Bristol races, it would not hurt to do a NASCAR Cup race on an actual dirt race, like a dirt track. You know what I mean? Um, one that's used to managing how the track has to go. Um, Tony Stewart did a great job in figuring it out at Eldora for the trucks. And, I mean, I I, I kind of hate it because I wish NASCAR would have gone there because I just feel like that probably would have been a little bit more interesting than Bristol, in my opinion. Um, but, you know, Bristol put on a heck of a show. So yeah. <laughs> it's hard to... It's hard to go against what Bristol did
0: i think I think in the future, if we decide to add maybe we add one more um and hopefully we can work it out at Eldora, maybe Knoxville, maybe have a a in thing where we can go to different places um and just play with it. I mean, it seems like it's gonna be a fan favorite um I think two is a good number, just like the two Roles we have the show ends up being good stuff, so i I'm all for it, man, like let's get away from some of these crappy tracks.
1: But I do think if we go to a dirt track – now, I might eat my words when the trucks go to Knoxville, but I do think if NASCAR stock cars are going to be on a dirt track, it's got to be Eldora or like a Bristol type. It has to have banking. I just don't see the cup cars being great at Knoxville.
0: (laughs) They're already awkward enough. We don't need to make them any more awkward
1: yeah i mean and and if you watch the way late models and big blocks and all the modifieds the way they shift um like with their suspensions and chassis and everything i just don't see a cup car being that good at flexing yeah and i don't see them getting a lot of grip and i don't see them running any decent lap times or making it interesting
0: yeah all right well um real quick before we go on uh, i want to give a shout out to daniel suarez and uh, and their whole team, man, that was really cool to see them running so well, uh, win a stage, and, and really compete. It's good to see the little dogs uh, get up there. Another another props to the Bristol race. I don't know if it had to do with the dirt race, or they just brought a piece. I mean, they they were definitely on fire. Congratulations to them. Um, looked like we were gonna have another spoiler there for a while. So good yeah. good for him um and uh we were talking about the Derek Krause situation in the truck race uh did you see the the hauler hit or the uh the safety truck hit um john hunter nematek's truck while he was sitting there
1: yeah i did it was uh it was pretty funny because he actually was making a gesture at matt crafton at the time for dumping him and then he turns around and the safety truck is drilling the back of his <laughs> truck. And it, it just it was a whole cluster.
0: Yeah, so you thought about Derek Krause hitting him late, man. The freaking uh safety truck hit him way late. So that I thought that was kinda of funny. And he you saw him after that just be like, What is going on? So uh that was funny. Um but yeah, good truck race, good cup race. Going to Martinsville this week. Uh I love the lights at Martinsville. I think it's phenomenal. It's, I can tell you from experience, when I went up and I pit the truck race last year, it is like freaking Friday night football because of how small the Martinsville is and compared to Bristol. It's it's a cool deal, man. Um, just nice little uh, kind of Friday night lights vibe. So, um, truck race is tomorrow night. Uh, so, by the time a lot of people are hearing this, maybe tonight. night. Uh, cup race will be Saturday, assuming all the rain gets through. Uh Jordan, who do you got from Martinsville? Kyle Larson. I'd say that's a good pick. So I, <laughs> I, I I'm gonna agree with you. But I'm gonna I'm gonna keep picking Denny Hamlin until he wins. And uh, you know, we all we all know Denny Hamlin really? and Virginia. Yes, Denny Hamlin and Virginia, man. He's gonna get it done. But you know what? I've already picked Denny Hamlin, so I'm gonna go with Brad Keselowski. Okay, I can see I, he, that. He's, he dominated there a few years ago, so I'm going to do that. Uh, Martinsville is one of my favorites. It's always one of my favorites to go to. It's literally an hour and a half from here. I've driven up there by myself several times. Cool little track, gritty, just hole-in-the-wall little place. Um, just one of those places you're kind of driving up to, and it's like, oh, really? There it is. Uh, yeah. feels feels oh. like a small-town, small uh, hometown little track, so...
1: I was going to pick uh Joey Lego but I don't know if he's going to go back to back wins.
0: I could see you know, him. I could see him going there. Um yeah. especially get that breakthrough win. I could see him running strong there. Yeah. Um but yeah, we'll see how it goes. It'll be uh it'll be a fun track, fun race. We need more short tracks, so like always. Um so hope everyone had a happy Easter. Uh if you want to find us you can find us at Racer Refitness Fitness on Instagram or on Facebook. Like I said, we have that April card dropping. So jump on that before it gets too late in the month. Then you'll just have to jump on May. So, Jordan, you got anything to add?
1: Yeah, I uh, just wanted to say sorry to everybody about the connection issues we had this time. Um, but uh, hopefully it uh, works out. And uh hope everybody had a happy Easter. And let's uh, see how this dirt racing and short track weekend goes.
0: Yep. Next week, we're going to tune in. I got another fun one for you. Over the Easter weekend, we went to the aquarium in Atlanta. Don't go there if you don't want to ruin all other aquariums for the rest of your life. But uh, I got a little, uh, we're going to probably not do the fitness thing next week. We're going to talk about uh, one of the things I thought of while I was there. So uh, everyone have a good week. Enjoy your race and enjoy your fitness. And we will see you next week. Later. Bye. Bye.